Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 33 of Sports Wit Jesus and uh, sports. We talk about sports. Wit. It gets witty. You know, wordplay, intelligent wordplay. Jesus is my middle name, and Jesus is our Lord and Savior. I should have said that first because God comes first before all. Let's go. Hold up. I feel like the sound pad is a little low. Can we get another round? Another round of applause for episode 33. For most and foremost, and he should always be put first, the Lord, God himself, the God of God, the kings of kings, man. Always applaud for him because he's always there. He's always taking care of us. And that is just a great segue into this intro. I'm just going to start off with a prayer. And here we go. The prayer goes, in the name of the Lord, we pray. Lord, we pray because we're recording an episode right now we're also praying because we get to talk to you this is our way to talk to you uh you're the only god that answers prayers and we thank you so much i'm always grateful you know every single time i pray for you know i'm saying thank you and how grateful i am to be living how grateful i am that you gave me this body how grateful i am that you're in my heart working your magic and keeping it beating how grateful i am that you're blown in to you're blowing oxygen into my system right now to keep me alive. How grateful I am for everything you've done for me, Lord. You've done wonders. You've worked wonders. And I've just been so blessed. I've been so blessed. You've helped me sell cars. You've helped me sell new car. <laughs> you've helped me meet great people along the way. And you've gotten me situated and you've just been taking care of me and I've just been so blessed, Lord. And, you know, we're praying to you right now because we get to share your word. I get to share my word with the people, with the audience, with the world. And Lord, you know, we just we, we love you. OK, and I know I speak for everyone. We love you, Lord. We love you. You know, we be, we love you. There's no question in that. No nothing. We love you, Lord. We love you. And keep doing your thing. You know, we trust you. We have faith in you. You're the smartest man al alive. People might think you're not alive, but you are alive. You're the smartest man alive. You're the most handsomest man alive. You're the strongest man alive. You're the wisest of the wise you're the king of kings the god of gods even though there's no god but you and we we thank you i thank you especially thank you for everything everything you've done in my life you've been you've been working harder than ever on me lord and i'm just so grateful i'm just so grateful in the name of the lord we pray amen Woo! Oh my God, that was just powerful, guys. And that was just a great intro to show you guys how well I'm doing, how well I've been grinding. I know it's been a while. It's been like two months, you know, I'm not, and I take complete responsibility for that. But I've been busy. You feel me? I've been busy. Last time we were on this, I think I was still working at Best Buy, guys. I was still working at Best Buy. 
but we got out of Best Buy. You know, we got out of Best Buy after four years, and we've just been we've just been working, we've just been grinding to be the best person I can be. You know, and Happy New Year. Also, happy birthday to me, which was February 1st. Let's go! Yo! Yo, your boy Marcos turned 25, quarter of a century. Can you believe that? 25. Should we do the applause 25 times for that? Nah, we're not gonna do that. I don't wanna... <laughs> is this the laughing button? I forgot. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my God, guys. You know, enough enough about me, you know, I could go on a day about all the blessings that the Lord has, has been doing to me, has been working with me. And, you know, long story short, guys, I've been so blessed. I couldn't been I couldn't be in a better place than I am right now. And this is why this episode is possible because, you know, those days back in the day when, you know, I couldn't just think, I couldn't do nothing. My mind is just it's on a different level right now, guys. It's on a different level. And this is going to be by far the best episode yet. Let's let's go. You already know we do out here, man. We talk about New York. New York or nothing. You know what I'm talking about? New York Knicks. New York Mets. New York Nets. New York Yankees. I was going to say the Jets for a second, but I don't think I'm going to talk about the Jets. They stink. <laughs> nah, shout out to my boy Mo, man That's like the Oh, and my brother Justin, too Those are like the two loyalist Jet fans I've ever met in my life Yo, shout out to them But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know we're, we're just gonna get right into it, man We're just gonna get right into it Episode 33 We're gonna start off with some UFC reaction Because I was supposed to drop an episode Right after Strickland versus Duplessis but it's okay, man. We're doing it right now. Let's get it. Episode 33. Bam. Coming right to you. And you already know. Sorry, I forgot to mention it. But this is a shame on me for not mentioning this. But it goes without saying, man, that we're going to read the Lord's word on this. You know, that's what we do at the end. That's the icing on top. You know what I'm saying? That's the cherry on top. You know what I'm talking about? Let's get it. Episode 33. And we're just going to talk about the main event. There was a couple good fights on that card. It was I fights, upset, Neil Magny, whatever. Um, but here we go. Strickland versus Duplessis. It was an upset, guys. It was an upset. You know, everybody was... It was a controversial decision, if I, if I, if I should correct myself. It was a controversial decision, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I agree with the decision. The decision was that Drake is Duplessis is the new middleweight champion of the world by unanimous decision. I agree with it. Shout out to him. He worked really hard for it. He made a huge splash in the UFC, and he went strictly undefeated. He's undefeated. He hasn't lost in the UFC yet, but he's really doing his thing. And let me tell you why he won that fight against Strickland. Let me tell you why. He lost round one and five. I'll give him that. He lost round one and five. But two, three, and four, he definitely won those rounds. Let me tell you. The second round, he came out mixing it up. He adjusted. He he couldn't get past that jab of strong of Sean Strickland, that little T kick to the stomach, which Sean Strickland abandoned later on in the fight. But he mixed it up. He mixed it up. He got takedowns. Sure, people are going to say, oh, he didn't do no damage. He didn't have no control on those takedowns. But it doesn't matter. This is mixed martial arts. He mixed it up. He got the takedown. He got some kicks in. He landed some blows. But 
he overall mixed up the fight. And I was very impressed in how every single round after the first round, he adjusted. He adjusted. Sure, people are going to say that Sean Strickland won, but I don't think Sean Strickland won. And let me tell you why. Sean Strickland was on his back foot. Drakus Duplessis was initiating the action the whole fight. He was moving forward. He was throwing wild. He was kicking. He was taking down. He was initiating all the action. But in round five, obviously round five, Sean Strickland's corner let him know, yo, you're behind on this fight. You're behind on this fight. I want to see, I need to see a finish. I need to see a finish. I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if they said those exact words, but they knew that they were down in that fight. They knew either they were down or it was tied two to two because some for some reason, I don't know why people are giving Sean Strickland round two. I think he lost that round, but arguably people are arguing about that second round. I think he lost that round. But either way, Sean Strickland was on his back foot the whole entire fight. It was, he wasn't running away, but he was but Drake's Duplessis was was he had the pressure. He had the pressure. Duplessis was in his face the whole fight. You know? But it wasn't until round five where Sean Strickland decided to turn it on and just go for it. I felt he fought a, a I felt he fought very passive that fight. But let me just respond to this message because they're gonna be upset that I didn't pick up. I just responded. I'm recording. I'm going to call you in a few. My fault. But um, as I was saying, Drakus Duplessis was initiating the forward pressure. He had the octagon, octagon control. He was mixing it up. He, uh, he cut Sean Strickland. And overall, it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. It could have went either way, but I think they got the decision right. And uh, yeah, man, that's UFC. <laughs> Let's go on to the Knicks, man. The Knicks. Here's the story about the Knicks right now. About a month ago, or a month and a half ago, who knows, the New York Knicks traded R.J. Barrett and IQ, Emmanuel Quickly, and some picks for OG and Anobi, Precious... Achua Chua, Achawa Chua, however you say his name, and Malachi Flynn. My initial reaction was I was just upset that they gave away Emmanuel quickly. I was devastated that they gave up Emmanuel quickly because I felt they should have gave up Quentin Grimes. But either way, they gave up Emmanuel quickly. And ever since that trade, the Knicks went 10-2 and two in the month of January. Their best month since the 90s, since the Ewing days, John Starks, you know, those guys. Since those guys. And the Knicks since that time, have been number one in defense, holding teams to an average of 101 points. 
the New York Knicks are simply just rocking it right now, guys. They are rocking it. The Knicks are killing it, man. Oh, my God. The Knicks, as of now, are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And they are 33 and 18. They're only one game behind for the second spot. But the New York Knicks are 33 and 18. Go New York, go New York, go, go New York, go New York, go. Oh my God, it isn't a better time to be a Knicks fan right now. The Knicks are simply just rocking it right now. With the addition of OG Ananobi, this team has been on a different level. On a different level when it comes to defense. They are straight, straight just locking people up, man. OG is the greatest addition that the Knicks have done since getting Carmelo Anthony from the Nuggets. Like, come on. That's how that's that just shows you the impact this guy has on that team. Like he's just simply been rocking it. I love OG. I feel OG can play for any team. He can play for any team in the NBA. He'll just mesh right in. You know why? Because he's a great two-way player. He's not, he's he's not, he's not ball hogging. He's not ball hogging. He's passing the ball. He's getting people involved. He's got a good shot. He's got mid-range. He could shoot it. He could finish. He could rebound. And most of all, he can defend. He can defend. He can defend. And I'm pretty sure. Let me look at the stat leaders. Off the top of my head. I know for a fact, last year, I know for a fact, last year, he was leading the league. He led the league in steals. Like, he, le he led the league in steals. I'm looking at stat leaders, and I don't even know how to, oh, oh there you go, steals. Oh, wow. Well, he's 18th in steals. Wow. Okay. It's all right. Oh, let me see the average. This can't be right. Anyways, it's all good. He's averaging 1.3 steals per game. But ever since the trade, he's been ever since the trade, he's been leading the league in steals. Like this dude has been doing everything. I I got to go to a Knicks game to watch OG play. I love watching him play. I love watching him play. He's he's just simply the man. And he's got a ring, too. He's got a ring with the Raptors when Kawhi was on that team. A great mentor to have. I'm not even going to see. I see flashes of Kawhi in that guy. You know, he doesn't have that offensive game yet like Kawhi. But the defense is there. The finishing is there. The corner shot is there. And that's exactly how Kawhi Leonard um, establish his game in the NBA on the Spurs with the corner shot, finishing, and defending. You know? Like, OG is the man. And he's completely flipped this team around. He's completely flipped this team around. And, you know, I could talk about OG all day and his impact on the team, but we got to keep this episode nice and sweet. 
So I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go through the roster and just talk about the players. But huge shout out to Jalen Brunson for getting a, for getting nominated to his first All Star game. Man, let's go. <laughs> shout out to Jalen, freaking Brunson, man, getting elected to his first ever All Star game. He should have got elected last year, but it is what it is. And he got elected. He got elected this year. He should have been a starter, though. He should have been a starter. The dif the difference maker that didn't make him a starter was just the fans. The players, because you know there's player voting and fan voting. The players had him as a starter. The players had him as a starter. I would also argue that he should have started over Tyrese. But the 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 Pacers they're hosting. They're hosting the All-Star game. So, of course, they're going to have a hometown guy starting. And, you know, he deserves it, too. He's, he's a stud. But Lillard should not be on the, on the starting lineup. Brunson should have been the starting, starting point guard, like, automatically. It's not even funny. But, it, you know, the fans, the fans vote who they want to see. Me, I, I slacked off. I should have voted as well. But, you know, it's what happened. It, it, you know, what can you do, man? What can you do? It wasn't even that close. It was it was not close between the fan voting. You know, Lillard kind of smoked him when it comes to the, you know, for the fan voting. But Brunson had the player votings from the NBA, so you know he had it. Um, Randall, shout out to Randall, playing the best basketball of his career, also getting nominated to the All Star game. He is injured right now. I'm 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 pissed off. I'm not pissed off that he's injured. I'm just pissed off at the way he got injured. You got a silly dude. I don't want to... I'm so pissed. I could get so emotional and talk so much crap about this guy. But, you know, I'm going to keep it professional and, you know, not, not let emotions get involved. I'm very disappointed at the way he got hurt. Uh, you got... you got. Uh, I'm not even going to mention his name. I'm just going to say the rookie from the Heat. The rookie from the Heat tries to draw a charge and... You know, in the paint, and you know, Randall is going up. He takes out his legs. Randall puts his arm out. He lands very awkwardly, and he dislocates his shoulder. I knew it right away when I saw him get up. And you know, he's walking, holding his arm. I knew it was dislocated right away. And you could even see it. Like it, it was, it was bad. Like that thing was popping out. You know, so um, Randall was out for about. Four to four to eight weeks, I believe, and OG OG's out as well. So that's that's very disappointing, you know. But the Knicks are still killing it. The Knicks were on a ten a nine game winning streak until they faced the Lakers. But again, you know, it was a very close game. I feel like I'm not. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that game. It was. It was. I was kind of buzzed watching that game. I was celebrating, you know, with the boys. It was Saturday, but uh, I I watched that game. It was a really. It was a really good game. I saw it from start to finish. Um, just LeBron killed us. LeBron killed us, and Anthony Davis got some got some got some buckets as well. And I'll tell you right now. I'll be the first one to tell you. If o, we don't even Randall, you feel me? Randall didn't even have to play for us to beat him. But if OG was playing, if OG, if he was playing that game, LeBron would not have went off like that. Not even close, LeBron would have went off like that. OG would have shut that down. He would have shut that 
down easy. And he also would have shut down Anthony Davis because OG can guard one through five, man. So it is, you know, what can you do about it? Um, huge. I'm not, I'm not even going to go through the roster. I'm just going to go through, you know, the players that I felt have had the most impact on the team. Maybe I'll mention some names, but the first name on the list that I'll, that I'll, you know, eat my words. I'll eat my words. I was the first guy to bash him. I was the first guy to bash him. When I saw that the Knicks had signed this dude in the offseason, I bashed the crap out of that move. I bashed it crazy. And it's it's I was I was heated that the Knicks got this guy and they paid him this amount of money. But I'm here to tell you first, guys. I'm here to admit it. I was wrong. I was wrong about Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo is straight killing it for us right now. He is killing it for us right now. Last game against the Grizzlies, he dropped 32 points in a win. Devo has been killing it for us, man. Shout out to Dante DiVincenzo, man. If you're listening to this, go follow that guy. Go show some love on his page, man. Because this guy is a straight hustler, man. I, I love Devo. I love Devo. He's become one of my favorite players in, on the Knicks, yo. He's got the he's got the strap, yo. This guy be pulling up from nothing. He's got the green light. He's got a quick trigger. I love that. And you know what? You know what else I love? They go in. They go in. Like Devo has been bugging for us. You know, it's not even it's not even funny. Like, yo, he's really been bugging for us. You know? He's really killing it for us. And, you know, it's uh it's crazy, yo. It's crazy what Devo is doing right now for us. Devo is killing it for us. He's shooting 45% from the field. He is shooting 41% from three. He's averaging three threes, seven, seven threes a game, and he's shooting 41% from three. Like, he's just simply carrying right now. I love Devo. He's great defensively. He's very disruptive. Gets a lot of steals. He he He's a point guard, so he gets people involved. He's got a really good eye. He, he sees the cutting man. He makes cuts himself. He, bro, he's the man. He, Devo is the man. I, I think he could be the starting point guard on any team. Devo is the man, but, you know, the Villanova guys, they, yo, they mesh so beautifully. You got Bridges, I mean, not Bridges, you got um, Josh Hart, Devo, and Brunson, yo. These guys, they won two chips. They won two championships in Villanova, and I, I believe in this team that they could bring us a championship to New York because these guys are playing unbelievable basketball right now. It's, 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 it's phenomenal. It's beautiful to watch the Knicks play right now. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. And I was a little upset, you know, at Tom Thibodeau because he's not putting Devo in, you know. He'll he'll start Devo, and then in the second half, he'll just sit him out. He'll just sit him out when it's crunch time. He'll just sit him out. He'll just sit him out. 
But, you know, we got guys out. We got OG out. We got Randall out. And this guy is stepping up big time for us. He's stepping up huge. He is stepping up huge for us. Like, crazy. Crazy, crazy. He's he's just, he's stepping up huge for us. Devo has been the man. Look at look at this. His last five games, 32 points. His game against the Lakers, 26 points. Game against the Pacers, 20 points. Game against the Utah Jazz, 33 points. Game against the Hornets, 28 points. He is just strictly killing it for us right now. He is killing it for us right now. Oh, my God. And it's just beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch the Knicks play. Yesterday, he went 12 for 18 from the field, 4 for 9 from deep with 32 points, 5 assists, 1 block, 3 steals. Like, Devo is Devo is killing it for us. Devo, DiVincenzo is killing it for us, man. The Knicks are in a really good spot right now. The Knicks are looking really good. The Knicks are looking really good, guys. They are looking really good. They are second in the league in offensive points for points per game at 109. Obviously, we started at the beginning of the season. Our defense was bad. But ever since that trade for OG, we're number one in the league on a, in, a, in, opponent, in opponents' point per, points per game. And, you know, it's just beautiful to watch the... The Knicks play for us, yo. Hartenstein has stepped up big time in the absence of Mitchell Robinson. Um, Josh Hart, you know, always that 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 hard hat guy. And you know, the Knicks are just playing just beautiful basketball right now. I I love the Knicks. I love the Knicks right now. It's it's crazy, yo. Let's get on, you know. Let's get on with it, man. Yo, we're going to the Nets. So there's two there's two stories going on in New York. The Knicks are just simply killing it, but the Nets are just simply stinking it up. They're 20 and 30 for the season, 11th in the Eastern Conference, and you know, I'm just, you know, I don't I don't I haven't really been watching the Nets play a lot, but they got the same team. I mean, you know what what I could say and maybe this guy is not really much a difference maker, but he does make a difference when he's on the court and he's healthy. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has been out for most of the season, probably ever since I, you know, dropped my last episode. He's been out for the. He's been out. Uh, he just recently came back, and they won that game. Um, he didn't really have, you know, eye eye catching stats, but you know, it's just his impact. You know, he's a big guy. He can play some defense. He could get other people involved. He has great vision, you know. But you know the Nets are they. There's nothing nothing special at all about the Nets. You know, there's actually trade talks about them getting D'Lo or them trading trading away uh, Mikel Bridges. Tomorrow's the trade deadline, so it's gonna be a big day for the NBA. The deadline is at three o'clock. But you know, well, I mean, what can I say about the the Nets. The Nets, you know, they're still small. They they don't really got a they don't they have bad defense. They're 16th in a point uh, in opponents points per game. They just shoot a lot of threes, you know. They don't really they they lost what what they, what they lost. They lost yesterday to to Dallas. 
Tomorrow they play the Cavaliers, who are second. You know, they just, it's not, it's not working out. I'll be seeing Lonnie Walker on the bench. Like, that dude really started, he started off the season hot. He started off the season hot. I just don't see any defense on that team. I don't see any defense at all on that team. You know, they're, they're not they're not really good. They're not really good. On the road, they're eight on the road, they're eight and fifteen, you know. If you want to be a championship team, you gotta win on the road. They're twenty and thirty, like they're twelve and fifteen at home. It's just it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's not good at all. Not good. You know, I don't really... I don't... Dinwiddie has been stinking it up. Dinwiddie hasn't been doing anything. Uh, you know, Cam Johnson... I mean, yeah, Cam, Cam Johnson is, uh, you know, streaky at times. But you, I don't really see anything special from the Nets at all, you know, and not even. I don't even want to talk about them, to be honest. I'm gonna go to the Mets. <laughs> I've, you know, there's, there's, there's not much you can really do in the off season and talk about for baseball. But you know, I'll just, te- I'll just, I'll just talk about how the, the, the their roster is right now, how their roster is shaping up. Last time I checked, their rotation is looking like Kode Senga as the as the ace, you know. Nah, no problem there. No problem at all. Um, you got Jose Quintana as a number two. They signed Sean Manaya. They got Luis Severino and Brendan Hauser. So this, I'm going to be honest, this rotation looks doo-doo. This is a bad rotation. But we need one more guy. Blake Snell. Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, those two guys are still out there in the market. So I'll definitely try to give them a, give them a run. Um, but this is how their lineup is shaping up. The Mets, you got leading off. You got Brandon Nimmo. Then you got Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, Starling Marte, uh, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty. And Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader, I like that addition. If I was to do anything about this lineup, um, I would I would try to replace someone for Starling Marte. He's he's been he's been injury prone as of last season, so I'll try to definitely find a replacement for that guy. Jeff McNeil, you could leave him at the third spot. He does get some hits, but you want some power there. You you really you really want some power there, in the. In the third slot, even though you got Alonzo in the fourth spot, you still want some power in the third slot. You know, McNeil didn't really have a, a good power year. He, he had a really decent year. He, it wasn't really that, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good year. It was a decent year. Um, Mark Vientos, I like him as DH, but I would talk to J.D. Martinez. I saw there was talks about J.D. Martinez. I'll definitely try to get that guy in here. And Brett Beatty, man, I don't, you know, Brett Beatty has been really, really slacking. So hopefully he finds a bat. Oh, another thing is Ronnie Mauricio. Um, you know, maybe he he should be in this lineup, but his this dummy is over here playing in the Dominican League and torn his tearing his ACL. So that's great for the Mets. 
So, you know, the lineup is looking all right. And now we're going to the bullpen. Got some new additions. Drew Smith is back. Brooks Raley is back. I don't know this Lopez guy. I don't I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to mess up his name. Michael Tonkin, they got earlier in the offseason. Bigford, I like Bigford. Bigford was cool. Uh they got some dude named Ramirez. And Edwin Diaz is coming back as the closer, man. Let's go. Needed him. We needed him last year. That was the end of the season right there when he I don't know what happened to his leg or anything. That he Oh my god, it was just that was tragic. That was tragic. You know, that was the end of the season right there, if I'm gonna be honest. But you know. Let's get on to the Yankees. Recently, the Yankees made another offseason move. They signed Marcus Stroman. I wish I had a cricket sound. I'm not, uh, if I'm going to be very honest, I think Stroman is going to get rocked. <laughs> I think Stroman is going to rock. I think it's, I, yo, this guy, this guy is like a five inning, five runs type pitcher, you know? Sure, he had a good season last year, but it didn't really last very long. But I think Stroman is going to get rocked. You know, Yankee Stadium is tiny. He throws like 92, 90, 93. He's not really really throwing heat up there, but, uh, you know, I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. I think he's going to get whacked. Blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. I'm not even going to talk about the Dodgers. They are stacked right now. I mean, yo, if you guys want to see a stacked team or the Golden State Warriors from 2017, just look at the Los Angeles Dodgers roster right now. Just look at their roster right now. It's it's crazy. But the Yankees starting rotation is looking like Garrett Cole as the ace. No no comment there. No no question there. Like he's he's been the best pitcher on the Yankee staff. He's been the he's been arguably the best pitcher in the American League for like the past five four years. So you know, there's no question there. Number two, you got Carlos Rodon. He's still Hasn't lived up to the contract at all. He kind of sucks. Marcus Stroman is third. You you already know what I said about Stroman. I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get his thing put. Like, I think they're gonna hit him really hard. But if the Yankee offense can make up for that, you know, for them runs, which they should, we'll get into that later. Which they should. They should have no problem scoring five runs. You know, but you know the Yankees, man. Number four in the rotation, you got Nestor Cortez. He's looking for a bounce back year after after suffering from injury last season. He was on and off. Hopefully he has a bounce back year. I think that first I think that good year was like I think that's only gonna be his good year. I don't think it's gonna get any better than his good year. I don't even think he's gonna get that back since he's just been battling with injury because of, you know, I don't know, his funky delivery, his mechanics. It just puts a lot of stress on his body. So I don't I don't really think he's going to get back to that level. Clark Schmidt, however, I think Clark Schmidt is going to have a huge season. He had a great he had a great finish to the season last year, but I think he's going to have a good season this year and he's really going to up his stock. Now we're going to go on to the uh the New York Yankees projected lineup. Um this is Michael Michael K's projected lineup. There were other people 
who made projective lineups, but they put Stanton six. So I was like, you know, I'm not even going to listen to this. I understand Stanton batted 100 last year, but he's still, he's still a presence at the plate. How are you not going to put this guy to cleanup? How are you not going to put him to cleanup? You know? So, whatever. I'm I'm sticking to Michael K. Michael K is a genius. You know, he's, I mean, he's all right. I, Michael K is cool. I like, I like Michael K. The reason I say, you know, he's all right is because my brother, he's not really a big fan of Michael K. But I like Michael K. I think Michael K is cool. And that's why I'm sticking to his projected lineup instead of those other guys like Jack Curry or whoever. The, that's the only guy I saw. That's the only guy that, his name that, you know, stood in my brain. But whatever, man. Michael's K, Michael K's projected lineup. Uh, number one, you got DJ LeMayhew. Um, I don't know about DJ. You know, DJ, hopefully he can get back to that. But I think he's old and I think he's done. I think Volpe should be leading off. But, okay. Number two, you got Aaron Judge. No question with that. I don't, I mean, in all honesty, I think Judge should be batting third or fourth. Or maybe even leading off. But that two spot, you know, it looks like his spot. Because in the four and the three spot, you get more opportunity to drive runs in. And especially in the five spot, you know. Like, I felt, you know, um, one of my coaches back in college, his name was Adolfo. He said the most important batter has to bat fifth. And the, mo- and our, and the MVP for our team and the MVP of the of of CUNY was the five hitter on our team. You know, I was the four hitter, but the five hitter was like he he was the MVP. He was the MVP. He was literally the MVP. So ever since then, uh I th- the five hitter he, he he people sleep on the five hitter. People sleep on him. But okay, Judge is cool in second. Um he's playing center. Uh third you got Juan Soto. Can't can't argue with that. Juan Soto is playing right field. Um, DH, you got Giancarlo Stanton batting fourth. I think he should play. I think the outfield should be right field Stanton, center field Judge, left field Soto. I think that should be the outfield for the Yankees because Stanton, like I said, you know, I know, I know the injury. You guys are gonna say, oh, he could barely move this and that, blah blah blah, whatever. But he's played his best defense. In right field. So I'm leaving him in right field. Because that's what he knows how to do. That's what he came up doing. So I'm going to leave him in right field. I'm not going to put him in left. I'm not going to put him in center. I'm not going to put him to DH. He's got a $300 million contract. He should be playing on the field every day. It's just the Yankees. The Yankees messed this guy up. Now I'm, now, now I'm upset. Now I'm pissed off. People want to bash my boy Stanton. But I, I'm bashing the Yankees guy. I'm bad. I'm bashing the Yankees now. How are you gonna tell me that it's not their fault that this guy is injured 24/7? If I was, if this guy's injured 24/7, you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm doing? I'm hiring somebody. I'm hiring a nutritionist, uh, a health specialist, uh, a tr- a personal trainer. I'm hiring this. I'm hiring a person that has all those. All those certification, all those skills to take care and maintain Giancarlo Stanton for me. I'm hiring this guy to stay with Stanton 24-7. To monitor his workouts, monitor his nutrition, monitor his daily life, monitor his recovery. I'm hiring this guy to manage every single moment of Giancarlo Stanton if he's getting hurt. Like, 
The Yankees, they ruined this guy's career. That's why I want him to leave the Yankees. The Yankees made him into a DH guy. Why are you going to get upset? You put this guy to bad DH, and then you expect him to just go play the field like nothing. Like, this guy is not getting burned in the field. He's not running. He's just put it. He's just DH. He's just DH. He's just DH. That's not helping nobody. Sure, it's cool. You could just hit. Oh, you just got to hit. Oh, that's cool. That, that's dead. Yo, you just got to hit, man. You just got to hit, dude. Yeah, DH is cool, man. Like, you don't have to play defense. You, you don't got to play the field. You don't got to run around, shag some balls, catch some fly balls. You don't got to run around. You can just hit, man. You can just hit. No. No. Defense is a part of a game. If you didn't know, like, defense matters. Because let's say this. Let's say you're up to bat the next time around, right? And you're playing defense. You make a diving play. You make a run-saving play. You make an epic play. That transfer overs to your offense, that transfers over to your offense. It builds confidence. It builds confidence. Instead of just hitting where you're not always going to hit the ball, you know? So your confidence goes low. You strike out a time. You ground out. You fly out. That just hits your that just hits your confidence. Defense, you're always going to have that. Your defense is always going to be money. I've have I have so much pride in my defense and I I I just can't I just can't hit. I just can't hit. I need to play defense. I need to play defense. Like defense is fun. Defense is fun. It translates over to offense, you know? So that's what the Yankees did. Whatever, man. Whatever. That's how I think that the outfield should be. I think it should be Judge in center, Stanton in right, Soto in left. But whatever. On to number four. Batting fourth, Giancarlo Stanton, DH. Batting fifth, Anthony Rizzo, first base. I think Rizzo is done. I think he's got to go. Hopefully he has a bounce back year. But I, I think the Yankees got to get rid of this guy. Maybe put DJ at first. Or 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 Judge at first. I don't know. But I, I feel like they should. I feel like he should go. Um, right after that, you got Glaber Torres. I think he should move up in the lineup. Maybe he could lead off as well. I think he's a good leadoff guy. Um, you also got Alex Verdugo. He's going to be playing left field. That's a great pickup. He can also play center field. He's got a good glove. I think that's a really good pickup for the Yankees. I think he's going to do some damage this year. He's really going to do some damage. Um, in the catcher spot, for the eighth spot, you got Jose Trevino and Austin Wells. I say get rid of Trevino. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. You got a lefty hitting catcher in Austin Wells. I think that guy is a stud. I'm not sure. I I think I heard he was a switch hitter, but I I think he's a lefty. But I, I like Austin Wells a lot. I like him a lot. And last, you got uh Anthony Volpe. I think Anthony Volpe could be another guy who could who could who could start who could lead off. You know, but it's gonna be a fun season. You know, Yankees got Juan Soto. Definitely gonna be there for opening week. Or like opening month, definitely gonna be there, and it's gonna be a fun season. It's gonna be a fun season, and uh, that is it. <laughs> yo, I f yo, this episode is going really good. I'm, I'm, thank yo guys. If you if you made it this far, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and uh, 
you know, let's get on to the Bible talk, man. Let's go. Also, it's 12.09. You know, I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. And I'm going to give a shout out to my boy Jacob. Uh, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Jacob. Jake from State Farm. My boy Jake from high school. You know, he's a cool guy. And uh, his birthday's today, February 8th. Um, but happy birthday, man. I'm probably, I'm probably, after this episode, I'm probably going to go see him. <laughs> I'm probably going to go see him and, you know, say what's up or whatever. But um, let's get right into the Bible talk, guys. Exodus 35. Rules about the Sabbath. Moses gathered all the Israelites together and said to him, I will tell you what the Lord has commanded you to do. There are six days for working, but the seventh day will be a very special day of rest for you. You will honor the Lord by resting on that special day. Anyone who works on the seventh day must be killed. On the Sabbath, you should not even light a fire in any of the places where you live. Things for the holy tent. Moses said to all the Israelites, this is what the Lord commanded. Gather special gifts for the Lord. Each of you should decide in your heart what you will give. And then you should bring that gift to the Lord. Bring gold, bring silver, bring bronze. Bring blue, purple, and red yarn and fine linen. Bring gold hair. Ramskins dyed red and fine leather, asia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and spices for the sweet-smelling incense. Also bring onyx stones and other jewels to be put on the ephod and the judgment pouch. All of you who are skilled workers should make all the things the Lord commanded, the holy tent, its outer tent, and its covering, the hooks, boards, braces, Posts and bases, the holy box, its poles, the mercy cover, and the curtain that covers the area where the box stays, the table and its poles, all the things on the table, and the special bread on the table, the lampstand that is used for light, and the things that used and the things used with the lampstand, the lamps, and oil for the lamp. The altar for burning incense and poles and its poles, the anointing oil and the sweet smelling incense, the cover, the curtain that covers the door at the entrance for the holy tent, the altar for burning offerings and its bronze grating, the poles and all the things used at the altar, the bronze bowl and its base, the curtains around the yard, their posts and bases, and the curtain that covers the entrance to the yard, the pegs used to support the tent and the wall of the curtains around the courtyard, and the ropes that tie to the pegs, and the special woven clothes for the priest to wear in the holy place. There are These are the special clothes for Aaron, the priest, and his sons, to wear when they serve as priests guys we went uh, this is not from the bible but we went over this you know for the for when it's time to honor god to you know to 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 clean off our sins to, uh, to for the offerings those are the stuff needed for the the holy tent where you know we offer for the lord 
Then all the Israelites went away from Moses. All the people who wanted to give came and brought a gift to the Lord. These gifts were used for making, making the meeting tent, everything, everything in the tent, and the special clothes. All the men and women who wanted to give brought gold jewelry of all kinds. They bought pins, earrings, rings, and other jewelry. They all gave their jewelry as a special offering to the Lord. Everyone who had fine linen and blue, purple, and red yarn brought it to the Lord. Anyone who had goat hair or ram skins dyed red or fine leather brought it to the Lord. Everyone who wanted to give silver or bronze brought that as a gift to the Lord. Everyone who had Asia wood came and gave it to the Lord. Every skilled woman made fine linen and blue and purple red yarn. And all the women who were skilled and wanted to help made cloth from the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other jewels. These stones and jewels were put on the ephod and the judgment pouch of the priests. The people also bought brought spices and olive oil. These things were used for the sweet-smelling incense and the anointing oil and the oil for the lands. All the Israelites who wanted to help brought gifts to the Lord. They gave these gifts freely because they wanted to. These gifts were used to make everything the Lord had commanded Moses and the people to make. Then Moses said to the Israelites, Look, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, Bezalel, son of Uri, from the tribe of Judah. And he was filled, and he has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God. He gave Bezalel special skill and knowledge to do all kinds of things. He can design and make things with gold, silver, and bronze. He can cut and set stones and jewels. He can work with wood and make all kinds of things. The Lord has given Bezalel and Ohaliab special skills to teach, to teach other people. He has given both of these men special skills to do all kinds of work. They are able to do the work of carpenters and metal workers. They can weave clothes with designs in it from blue, purple, and red yarn and fine linen. And they are able to weave things with wool. So Bezalil and Ohaliab, Ohalib, Ohaliab, however you say his name, and all the other skilled men must do the work the Lord has commanded. The Lord has given these men the wisdom and understanding to do all the skilled work needed to build this holy place. Then Moses called Bezalel and Ohaliab and all the other skilled men who the Lord had given special skills to. And they came because they wanted to help with the work. Moses gave them everything the Israelites had brought as gifts, and they used these things to build the holy place. They, the people continued to bring gifts each morning. Finally, all the skilled workers left the work they were doing at, on the holy place, and they went to speak to Moses. They said, the people have brought too much. We have more than we need to finish the work the Lord told us to do. Then Moses sent this message throughout the camp. No man or woman should make anything else as a gift for the holy place. So the people were forced to stop giving more. The people had brought more than enough things to finish the work of building God's holy place. 
Then the skilled workers began making the holy tent. They made the ten curtains from fine linen and blue, purple, and red yarn. And they sewed pictures of cherub angels with wings into the curtains. Each curtain was the same size, 28 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. The workers joined the curtains together into two groups of curtains. They joined the five curtains together to make one group and five curtains together to make the other group. Then they used blue cloth to make loops along the edge of the end curtain of one group. And they did the same on the end curtain in the other group. There were 50 loops on the end curtain in one group and 50 loops on the end curtain in the other group. The loops were opposite of each other. Then they made 50 gold rings to join the two curtains together. So the holy tent was joined together into one piece. Then the workers made another tent to cover the holy tent. They used goat hair to make 11 curtains. All the curtains were the same size, 30 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. The workers joined 5 curtains together into one group and 6 curtains together into another group. They put 50 loops along the edge of the end curtain of one group, and they did the same on the end curtain of the other group. The workers made 50 bronze rings to join the two groups of curtains together to form one tent. Then they made two more coverings for the holy tent. One covering was made from ram skins dyed red. The other covering was made from fine leather. Then the workers made frames from Asia wood to support the holy tent. Each frame was 10 cubits long and one and a half cubits wide. There were two side poles joined together with cross pieces to make each frame. Every frame for the holy tent was made the same. They made 20 frames for the south side of the holy tent. Then they made 40 silver bases for the frames. There were two bases for each frame, one base for each side pole. They also made 20 frames for the other side of the holy tent. They made 40 silver bases for the frames, two bases for each frame. They made six more frames for the back of the holy tent. They also made two frames for the corners of the, at the back of the holy tent. These frames were joined together at the bottom, and at the, and at the top a ring held the corner frames together. They did the same for both corners. There were eight frames for the west side of the holy tent, and there were 16 silver bases, two bases for each frame. Quick maps. Then the workers used Asia wood to make the braces for the frames. Five braces for the first side of the holy tent, five braces for the other side, and five braces for the back of the holy tent. They made the middle brace so that it passed through the frames from one end to the other. They covered these frames with gold. Then they used, then they used gold to make the rings to hold the braces. And they covered the braces with gold. They used fine linen and blue and purple and red yarn to make the special curtain for the entrance to the most holy place. And they sewed the pictures of cherub angels into the curtains. They made four posts using Asia wood and they covered the posts with gold. Then they made the gold hooks for the posts and four silver bases for the posts. Then they made the curtain to cover the entrance to the tent. Then they used fine then they used blue, 
purple and red yarn and fine linen to make this curtain and they wove pictures into it. They made then they made the five posts and the hooks for this curtain over the entrance. They cover the tops of the posts and the curtain rods with gold and they made five bronze bases for the posts. So you know what, guys? I'm just going to cap it right there. We stopped at Exodus 37. Um, I was thinking of doing the whole thing, but we've been going on for an hour now. You know, I was thinking of finishing the Exodus Exodus book in this episode, but we'll finish it in the next one, which is going to come very soon. I'm not going to make any promises. You know, Marcos, Marcos, is, Marcos is busy. Marcos is busy. But we're definitely going to, I'm, I'm going to say it, I'm, we're definitely going to have another episode this month. And uh, guys, you know, thank you again, guys. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Lord. You know, you work through me. You've given me all this strength. You've you've made all this possible, Lord. And I'm doing this. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you, and I'm doing this for me, because you gave me this purpose. You gave me this purpose to spread your word and spread the love, guys. Yo, I just got my passport today, man. I put in for my passport, guys. I'm going to be worldwide, man. I'm going to be worldwide. So, guys, thank you again for listening to episode 33 of Sports with Jesus. I, oh, my God. This was a great episode. This was a great episode. And uh, I'll catch you guys in the next one, man. Let's go.